And I'd like to begin this morning by asking you this question, what makes you sad? When it comes to where your life is right now, what has created some sadness for you? And a couple of weeks ago, I invited all of my Facebook friends uh, to go ahead and to kind of share uh, what makes them sad. And here were some of their responses. Bullying, injustice, loneliness, when plans I've made don't work out, when people I love are hurt, when I lose a loved one, division in our country, when children suffer. And so if I were to ask you that question this morning, what makes you sad? What is it in your life that you feel sad about right now? What is it that you would say? You know, I thought about this question myself of what is it that brings sadness to me? And the first thing that came to my mind was when I feel lonely as a leader. I love my job. I love being a pastor for the rest of my work life. I'm going to be the pastor at the jar as long as you guys will have me. Okay. And uh, nothing gives me more more fulfillment than what I do. But sometimes being the leader of this place has moments of loneliness. And any of you who are a leader in anything, you realize that leadership can be lonely. And there are some things that I carry, just like you do as well. And there are some things that when I carry it, I can't share it with anybody else. I carry it on my own. And sometimes it can be a very, very lonely time. And if I stay in that season of loneliness long enough, it creates great sadness for my life. The other thing that I was thinking about that kind of brings sadness to me recently has been the pain and hurt I see in relationships. Over the past couple of years, as we've gone through so many changes as a country, as a world, the one thing that I see again and again are some huge hurts that people are experiencing with their parents, with their kids, with their family. I've talked to people who have experienced amazing amounts of betrayal from coworkers, from neighbors, from other people. And when I see the pain in other people of what they're experiencing, it creates sadness for me. Another question that I asked on Facebook uh, was this question. What do you think makes Jesus sad? What do you think makes Jesus sad? And here are some of the responses that I received. Seeing his children hurt, all the hatred in the world, when we hurt each other, people who refuse to turn to him, people who use his name for their benefit, people not trusting him, when we are rude, when we don't have faith in him, when we judge others. So today... In the world that we live in, if I were to ask you that question, what would you say? What is it that makes Jesus sad? Well, in Luke chapter 19, we learn what actually made Jesus sad. In verse 41, it says this, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, Jesus began to, what's the next word? He actually began to weep. So, why did Jesus cry? And to answer that question, we first have to ask, why 
did Jesus come? Why did God send Jesus? Well, he sent him to seek and save the lost. He sent him to proclaim good news to the rest of the world. He came to give love and forgiveness. He came to set the prisoners free. He came to give you not just life, people, but life that is abundant and life that is to the full. That's why he came. But what is it that made Jesus cry? Well, when he looked over Jerusalem, what he saw wrecked his world. In fact, he cried out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones messengers. So is that why Jesus is crying? Because the prophets were being killed and the messengers were being stoned. No, that's not why he's crying. Now, that would be a good reason for a person to cry, but that's not why Jesus was crying. The reason he was crying and weeping, the reason why Jesus was sad is this. Jesus said, How often I've wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. How many times... I wanted to bring you close to me. I wanted to love you. I wanted to comfort you. I wanted to protect you. I wanted to care for all of your needs. But you wouldn't let me. What makes Jesus sad? When he wants to comfort us, when he wants to heal us, when he wants to forgive us, when he wants to love us, when he wants to be with us, and we choose not to allow him to reach out. So today, what we want to do is contrast sadness, which is what Jesus experienced when people would not be connected to him, and the joy of Jesus. We want to be able to understand both of those sides. And in order to do that, we're going to look at a story that is my favorite story in the entire Bible. It's found in Luke 15, and it goes like this. A man had two sons. The younger son came to his father one day and said, I want my inheritance. Even though his dad was not dead yet, he wanted his inheritance. He goes, hey dad, I want you to cough up your inheritance for me right now. Whatever it is that's coming to me, I want it now. Now, let me ask you this, those of you that are parents. If your kids came to you and said, you know what? I want my inheritance right now. What would you say? Get out my face! Because you're not dead. You still have life. You have still needs in your own life. And this young man was so kind of arrogant to believe that I don't care about you, Dad. You're dead to me. I want this. And it was so disrespectful. In fact, in Jesus' day, nothing would have been more scandalous than for the younger son of a family to come and ask for his inheritance Now, 
And he says, Dad, I wish you were dead. I want it immediately. Immediamente. Right now. Now this is rude. This is crude. And this is the crazy thing about this story. The father actually grants the request. He actually meets the request. And the son takes off to a foreign land with his pockets bulging with the wealth of his father. And when he gets to this foreign land, he's like, I need some friends, so I'm going to throw some parties. And he starts partying, and not just like one party, but partying every single night. It's like, pate, pate, pate for everybody. And everybody joins in, and they're having all of this fun. The problem is, is that the money doesn't last. And it eventually totally runs out, and he's all by himself, and he blew through everything. He has absolutely nothing whatsoever left. He's all by himself. And what do you think his friends do to him? They bail! They leave him. He doesn't have any more money for the parties and everything that they want. And so they take off. And finally, the only way that this kid can support himself is by taking a below minimum wage job of feeding pigs. And one day, he's feeding this slop to these pigs. And he looks at what he's feeding them. And he says, this looks good to me. I mean, just how desperate would a person have to be? How hungry would a person have to be to want the slop that they're feeding to the pigs? Now, time out here just for a second. Have you ever been in a situation where you drifted to a difficult place in your life, but you didn't do it intentionally have you ever drifted somewhere to a tough part of your life but you didn't do it intentionally i mean uh i can put myself in the younger son's role and i can imagine that he never thought that you know what i'm going to go and i'm going to lose everything that i have to where i'm basically just going to be feeding pigs and what i'm feeding those pigs that's what i hope i would eat i have a feeling that when he took his inheritance he said this is going to be great i'm going to be able to do the rest of my life on my own i'm going to be able to do whatever i want whenever i want and this is going to be amazing amazing Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't drift intentionally, but just over time, something that you wanted so badly just didn't work out? You see, what happens in life sometimes is when things in our life don't work out, what we tend to do is drift away from God. And when we tend to drift away from God then we tend to make a bad choice and then another bad choice and then another bad choice until finally we make multiple bad choices that we hit rock bottom. 
Now, the phrase that is given for hitting rock bottom in this story is this. It says, he came to his senses. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. In this moment, the younger son is like, it is better to be in my father's house. It's better for me to be with my father. I mean, he knew that he messed up. He knew he royally messed up. He, he knew that he had hurt his father and that he possibly would never be able to repair the relationship again. You know, the sad thing, when people mess up, when they kind of hit rock bottom and sadness hits, they start thinking in their mind all the mistakes they made, all the decisions that they've done, everything that was wrong, and they actually start to think not about the circumstances, but they think that they themselves are irreparable. That I am not able to be repaired. When we hit rock bottom, we often have that mentality. But as Jesus paints a story, he, he paints a story in effect that he's like this, this guy feels like he's irreparable, but finally in his mind he thinks to himself, I could go home. I could actually go home. And in verse 20, it says this. It says, so he, what's the next two words? What did he do? He got up. Every single one of you on the stream right now, just type in, got up. Okay? He got up. Now, all of you in the balcony, everyone down here, I'd like you to turn to the person beside you, smile at them, and just tell them, get up. Okay? Go ahead, tell them. Get up. So he gets up and he goes back to the Father. And folks, if you want to have joy in your life, if you want to have the joy of Jesus in your life, the thing that you have to do is you have to take one step toward your Heavenly Father. Not two, not three, not four, not five hundred. If you want joy, you simply take one step toward your heavenly Father. Just one step. Just one step. That's all it takes. Just one step. And in this story, the boy gets up and he goes to his father. He takes a step. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Folks, each day, your heavenly Father is searching out for you. He searches the horizon to see where you're at. And whoever it is, He searches and searches with His eyes looking to have a relationship with us. 
which suggests that if the Father in this story did this, that God the Father does that for you as well. He looks at the people on planet Earth, and even if they're running away, even if they've drifted away, even if they've walked away, He does not stop. He continues to look down the road, longing for the Son to come home to Him. Because people are valuable to God. You are valuable to God. Nothing matters to God more than people. And He searches for them. He searches for every single one. So, let me ask you this morning. Have you ever been on an all-out search? Have you ever been on an all-out search? Several years ago, when our girls were little, we went to uh, Florida, and while we were there, we stayed in this hotel that had swimming pools uh, in the back of the hotel, and then you walked down some steps, and you were right on the beach. And we had a blast, we had so much fun, and every single day, we would uh, hang out as a family in a certain location, and that location that was on the beach, we had umbrellas and you know beach chairs, and we had to rent all of this stuff. And uh, we had a great week, but at the end of the week, uh, we had to pay for everything. And so, you know, they kind of tallied up the bill, and then you had to pay for it at the end, and all the water sports and that. And so we were packing up, and I said, hey, Jen, uh, I got to go to the uh, hut and pay off the bill. And she goes, okay. She goes, I know that's painful for you, but you'll be okay. And so I started walking to the hut, and she said, I'll take the girls, and I got to the hut, and when I got to the hut, I paid for everything, and I walked back up the steps, and there were some swimming pools, and I saw Jennifer over there, and so I walked over, and Jennifer was there, and Shiloh was there, but Jordan wasn't there. And so I walked up to Jen, and I said, well, where's Jordan at? And she said, well, she said she was going with you, and this is what I said. Well, obviously, she's not with me. Now, that's not what you want to say to a wife when a kid is not around. Not wise, okay? Just a little advice for you. Well, at that point, we go on an all-out search, and we start searching at one swimming pool. We go search at the other swimming pool. We go to the lobby. We can't find her there. We finally run down to the beach and we look there and we see these umbrellas where we were at and where the chairs were and we can't find her there. And we keep searching and searching and searching. And I just started thinking, I had this image of my little girl with her ponytails, with her pigtails in her hair. And I started thinking about the fact that often those are the kids that get abducted. And it was in that moment that I'm searching and I'm searching and I'm trying to find, and I finally run back to the hut. And in that moment when I was searching for her, I felt an ache in my heart, folks, that I'd never felt before. For 10 minutes of my life, I felt the worst feeling ever, and I'm searching, and I'm searching, and I'm searching, and I can't find my little blonde-haired little girl. And I remember coming up to the hut, and I'm asking, then I'm, I'm yelling, I'm a crazy man on the beach, Jordan, Jordan, have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my daughter? And I get to the hut, I'm like, I'm looking for my daughter, I can't find her, I can't find her. 
And they said, sir, we're sorry, we'll, we'll help, but, but we, don't, we haven't seen her either. And, I'm, and I remember just taking a step around there, and I looked, and there was a head that was turned to me, and there were these two little pigtails right there. And I went up and I grabbed her and I'm like, Jordan, and I reached down and I hugged her and I picked her up and I loved her because something that was lost that I had been searching for, the most precious gift, one of them that God has ever given me was in my arms and I had searched and I had found her. And I held her in my arms. I remember I got her down on the ground and I looked at her and I looked at her face to face. And I said, Jordan, I love you. I'm so glad you're okay. And if you ever do this again, I'll kill you. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I said. That's exactly what I said. You know, folks, for those 10 minutes, I wasn't thinking about my 401k. I wasn't thinking about my house that I live in. I wasn't thinking about any of the successes I've ever had in my life before. I wasn't thinking about anything except in that moment, the only interest that I had on my mind was finding my little girl. That's it. I had searched because I loved her. The scripture goes on to say, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And you know, I have a feeling that in the midst of that hug fest, of that kiss fest that's going on, the father is saying, welcome home, son. Welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. I love you so much. You are welcome. And the hug fest goes on and on and on. And then as they begin to start walking towards the house, what transpired was that the son starts to apologize and the father wants nothing to do with it. He goes immediately, he's like, hey, hey, forget that. Go take a shower, go get yourself ready. Actually, I have a robe that is for you. I've been holding on it and saving it. It's a, it's a designer robe and I've got a ring that I'm going to place on your finger that I hope you'll never take off. You're going to be my son forever. And then he said, I know you probably had some parties when you were in your foreign land, but I'm going to throw you the biggest party you have ever seen in your life. And we're going to invite all of our family members and all of our friends and everyone there because we had something that we thought was lost. I thought you were dead, but now you're found and we're going to dance and party and we're going to celebrate to see with my own eyes now that you have come home because it just doesn't get any better than this. And folks, this is the picture that Jesus shares every single time one person returns to the Father. Every time a person takes one step closer to the Father, all of heaven rejoices. When you think to yourself, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve it, I'm not worthy enough. In the midst of all of that, if you take the step and you say, but I'm coming home, the Father receives you exactly where you're at and He loves you where you're at and all of heaven celebrates 
And God wants to give you that moment to all of you. He wants to give the moment to you. And so today, this is the message from your Heavenly Father. This is it. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come as is. Come with your flaws. Come with your failures. Come with your sins. I don't care who you are or where you are. Just come back one step closer to me. Because if you do that, I will welcome you right where you're at. Scripture actually says this. Now is truly the time for a gracious welcome and acceptance of you from God. Folks, Jesus welcomes you today. He welcomes you to say, you are welcome as is. I mean, if you've ever wondered if there's any person that would love you no matter what, there actually is, and his name is Jesus Christ. And today, now is the time to come to him. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year. Now is the time to just come as you are. And he will accept you. He will receive you. He will bring you in. All it takes is just one step. Just taking one step wherever you're at closer to him. And that's the greatest joy that he receives and that you can experience as well. And so folks, what you need to know today is that God is for you. God is with you. In fact, scripture says this, if God is for us, who can be against us? The reality is you and I can think of a lot of people that are against us, but there is one that is not against us, and that is Jesus himself. He did not spare his own son, but gave him for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God is for you. No matter how much you've walked away, God is for you. He gave up his one and only son on a cross so that all of your sins could be forgiven, that you could be set free. You would not have to walk by yourself anymore. You are set free in him. God is in your corner. He is for you. He is with you. He does not walk away. And in a crowd this size... And for those of you that are on the stream, I have a feeling that some of you are feeling some sadness right now. Something has happened in your life where sadness has transpired and you desperately need God's joy. You've got some tough stuff, some overwhelming sadness that you're experiencing. But this is the truth, folks. God doesn't want you to stay stuck in your sadness. He actually wants to lead you into a place of joy. And this is the joy that Jesus gives to you. He says, come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you joy. I will give you what it is that is the greatest need that you have. I will be with you. And Jesus desires to lighten your load so that you don't have to walk in sadness, but you can walk in joy. 
And the way you do this is by simply taking one step, taking one step to your heavenly Father to say, I'm coming home. And He will turn your sadness into joy if you will just come, come, come. Let's stand. It come out of sadness from wherever you've been. It come broken hearted, let rescue begin. It come find the mercy, all sinner come near. The earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal. The earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal. Lay down your burdens Lay down your shame All who are broken Lift up your face Oh wonder As you are It's hope for the helpless And all those who strayed Come sit at the table Come taste the grace There's rest for the weary Oh, rest sad indoors Earth has no sorrow that heaven can cure. Lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Too 
far So lay down your heart Lay down your heart Come as you are Come as you are Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you so much for the all-out search that you took on to find us. Thank you for calling us, God, to come exactly as we are. And Maybe you're standing there today or you're on the stream and you're already a Christ follower. You know Jesus, you love Jesus, you've been walking with him. But the reality is you've been going through a sadness right now that is so overwhelming. And you're struggling and you feel as if you're kind of drifting away from Him in some way. And maybe today you simply need to take one step, one step back toward the Father. Maybe for some of you, you haven't been in the Bible days or weeks or months and you've felt this uneasiness and this sadness. Maybe for others of you, your quiet time has not been there at all. But if you're a Christ follower, you know those are the things that will take you from sadness to joy, but you're just struggling with it. You're not sure. And so maybe for those of you who already know him, but maybe today the reality is that you want to take a new step. You're tired of the sadness. You want to receive more joy in your life. And he's longing, he's looking down the horizon, longing for you to take that one step. And if you want to turn from sadness to joy today by making a conscious decision of what that is, I'm going to ask you to do a bold thing. And uh, with every eye closed, no one looking around, but if you're like, God, I need your help to find joy again in my life, in my relationship with you, would you just hold your hand up just real quickly? Let me pray for you. Loving Father, I pray for each hand that is raised. Renew in each of them your joy. God, give them some moments this week that as they step aside, that there would be deep, intimate times just between you and them. Where they could enjoy just coming home, resting in your presence and experiencing your love, your grace, your freedom. And as they do, God, I pray right now in Jesus' powerful name that you would fill them with your joy. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. You can put your hand up. You know, maybe for others of you, you've never really like made a commitment. You've never made that first step towards God. You've never said, Jesus, I really do want you in my life. Maybe you felt like the younger son. The younger son who just went off and squandered so many things. And you're like, you know what? I've messed up so much that I've created some sadness and hurt in other people. And I feel so sad. But Chris, I wanted to go. I don't want to live in this sadness again. And believe me, I understand 
where you've been. There was a time in my life in college where there was so much sadness, so much hurt, so much pain, and I thought to myself, I've got to just take one step, not 500, just one step towards the Father. And when I did, He received me and accepted me. And today, maybe for some of you, that's what you need to do. For those of you that are on the stream right now, maybe for some of you can type in, that's me, that's me. I need to take a step. Take a step. And when you take that step, you're saying, I want His love, I want His grace, I want His forgiveness, I want the sadness to go, I want to receive joy and peace in my life. And if that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together in community. And I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for accepting me. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, change me. Make me brand new. Fill me with your joy. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.